Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist, and I'm sure some others. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board with you once again today. Another frigid morning, at least in the Twin Cities. Frigid in Green Bay, frigid in Buffalo, frigid in wherever, but... I don't know. Well, it was a very interesting weekend of football. Some positives, some negatives. Definitely, I'm not pleased with what happened Sunday. I'm pretty, uh, I would have to say, Saturday was pretty, pretty darn fun in a lot of ways. Even though the games weren't fun, the results were pretty, you know, yeah, they, they'll, they'll put a smile on your face in both cases, I think. Sunday. Ooh, well, let's get to, let's get to that in segment number two. We'll, we'll have, also have fan interaction. Segment number one, Viking-centric, because, of course, we have a general manager and a head coach to get to. Uh, looks like we'll probably have a general manager by the time we do the next episode. Head coach maybe may take place during the Pro Bowl week, so I might end up having a short show and announcing the head coach or conversating about the head coach. I'm not announcing anything. I'm no, I'm no newsbreaker. I pass it on. Uh, wouldn't mind pa- uh, breaking news, but... I don't have that kind of access. You know, I, I don't have sources that indicate that, uh, you know, Raheem Morris is the next head coach of the Vikings. But he's definitely becoming an interesting candidate. No question about it. He'll be in the conversation <clears throat> very shortly here in the uh, first segment. So it looks like Ryan Poles, I kept calling him Poles, but it's Poles, <laughs> is uh, probably, in my mind, the top candidate. But there's always possibilities could go in another direction, that uh, Cam, <laughs> Quesi Adolfo Mensa is the other top candidate. Who knows, maybe it will be him. He's coming from the Cleveland Browns, Ryan Poles, especially from the uh, Kansas City Chiefs, second interviews and all that, uh, director of player personnel is Ryan Poles, and Browns vice president of football operations, which is what Rick Spielman was before he became general manager of the Vikings, Quesi Adolfo Mensa, both African-American, so that we will have an African-American General manager, which, you know, yep, we'll see if there's another, uh, <laughs> wow, that, t- that was a week late. What's up, guys? What's up, Hipcast? They finally responded to something. Yeah, I'm sure they care so much, right? <laughs> They're like, yeah, we don't care. Leave me alone. <laughs> but no, um, well, there's a possibility to be an African-American head coach. Doesn't necessarily mean that's who they're going to hire. Uh, you'd never know. Um. He's the first African-American general manager for the Vikings, whoever, which one it is. It's going to be one of them, too. Uh, Brian Poles is a close, little closer to my age, where uh, Kwesi Adolfo Mensa, a bit younger. Interesting, obviously. Um, I'm leaning towards Ryan Poles. I think more experience and obviously really, like, you know, obviously has done a great job with Kansas City. He survived multiple, uh, you know, changes in tenure, so to speak, with the Kansas City Chiefs. So, you know how... Uh, Rosinski continues to survive different uh, <sighs> regimes with the Minnesota Vikings, obviously, where the course of the time he's always there. He's always hanging around, so that's good, obviously, because he does a great job, him being Rob Rosinski, the cap genius and such. So he's probably going to still be with the uh, Minnesota Vikings for many more years to come. I guess he's, well, Ryan Poles, he's from <laughs> a very interesting named city, Canadigua, New York, 36 years of age. So he's actually younger than I thought a little bit. But, you know, that's how that goes. Kwesi Adolfo Mensa. Interesting. <laughs> definitely a definitely an interesting name, that's for sure. But also, again, I mean, he's, he's he, he has energy. That's been the conversation about him 
as he's been brought on during like draft, you know, the, the NFL draft when they talk about the Cleveland Browns and such. So we'll just see. Uh, he's an interesting possibility. I'm, I'm, I'm again leaning towards Ryan Poles. I think there's a little bit more there, but there's nothing bad necessarily. Uh, anyway, um, only 32 years of age. That's just, to me, that's almost too young. But I suppose, I mean, the Minnesota Twins, not this current group, but when they hired Andy McPhail and Tom Kelly many, many years ago, Andy McPhail first, of course, Tom Kelly a couple years later, they were both in their 30s. In the early 30s, uh, when Andy McPhail got hired way back in like 82, I believe, and, you know, they went on to win two World Series with Andy McPhail and ultimately Tom Kelly, who was like 36 when he was hired in 1987. So, I mean, just think about that. Uh, Minnesota Twins. So a lot of times it's like that. Uh, they, I mean, they have to get started at some point and then a lot of their heyday starts pretty early and then they build a reputation and they're around, you know, 30, 30 years or such. Maybe they move to a different organization or whatever the case is. Maybe things get stale where they are after 20 years or they just, they just want to go to somewhere else. This and that, but, um, Either hire should be interesting. I can't really complain about it for, for, for one. It's like, what good would it do if I did complain? I mean, <laughs> that kind of thing. <laughs> uh, at the end of the day, though, I mean, I'm, I'm leaning towards Ryan Poles. I, I've got a feeling he's the favorite. But who knows? I mean, maybe Kwesi Adolfo Mensa just blows him away. Just like Gerson Rosas blew the Timberwolves away. Well, well, <laughs> I don't know. And if I hear collaboration one more time, I'm going to snap because... Collaboration is a word. It's a word. It's not an action. It's a word. And let's see the action. Let's see the action because Kirsten Rosas, Minnesota Timberwolves, former, former president of basketball operations, constantly talking about collaboration and family, this and that. And he was everything but. He was a jackass. He was a, he was, he was an adulterer. I mean, just whatever. I mean, I Seriously, I mean, that's not collaboration. That's the wrong kind of collaboration, I guess, if you say adulterer and this and that. I don't mean to be a judge and this and that. Of course, I don't agree with that lifestyle at all. But back to where we need to be. Mean what you say, say what you mean. I mean, that that's what's more important. And enough of the freaking, you know, corporate talk. It's tiring, it's boring, but of course, I'm sure it'll never stop. It'll, it'll never stop. It'll just get worse with the younger generation. They're going to keep running their, their mouths about how collaborative we are and and, uh, and we're just so great and we're a family and, and this and that. And then within five years, they hate each other with a passion. Yeah, you, you, you know how that works. You know how that works. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Brian Poles, good luck. I, I think he's the one, but we'll find out. I, I don't have a whole lot more to say. You can tell I'm probably just babbling away now at this stage. To the head coach, though, Raheem Morris has emerged as definitely a strong candidate, but of course, I mean, we have to know the frickin' GM is first, but the Vikings have brought him in, and he's an interesting candidate, partially because he's very unique. Obviously, he's got a really good personality. Uh, he responded very well when he took over the Atlanta Falcons. The team responded well, but of course, again, there's always the sugar high. That's one thing to worry about. The sugar high will always, always be there at the end of the day, I mean, and that's just a fact. Uh, when you take over for a previous coach, uh, Dan Quinn is also a major candidate, which is ironic. Dan Quinn was, you know, head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. Raheem Morris had multiple positions with the Atlanta Falcons under Dan Quinn. Okay, he's known as a defensive uh, coordinator most of the time. He's doing a great job with the LA Rams right now. They're in the, you know, they're in the NFC title game, and probably I would say 
the, a pretty strong favorite. I would say they're a strong favorite. They'll be hosting the game, which helps. Doesn't guarantee anything because they won on the road, which is, you know, they won in Tampa. So, I mean, you never know. Road teams tend to win games this year for the most part. But he was mostly a defensive backs coach of the Buccaneers. Ended up taking over for John Gruden at age 32 way back in 2007. No, 2009, pardon me, after John Gruden was fired, 2008, when the team was 8-2 and two and finished 8-8. Eight and eight, Gruden was let go. It was just like, what the hell happened to that team? They just went down the toilet. It was weird. Like, the Bucks were really good that year and then went down. Uh, he was just a defensive backs coach during that course of 2007-2008. Uh, now, of course, <laughs> Mike Tomlin was pretty much the same thing. He ended up being a fantastic defensive coordinator uh, for just one single season and then head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers and won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Unbelievable. Went to another one, lost to the Packers, which is kind of funny. But that's how that goes. Uh, of course, Raheem Morris, head coach of the Bucks, it was not good for two years. Too young, a little in over his head, probably. Bad organization at the time. There was just, it was like a, you know, it was way past the glory days of the Buccaneers, and they just stunk for many years until Tom Brady got there for the most part. It's just, you know, freaking long time. Took about 10 years for them to get kind of good again, so to speak. And then he was the, he went from head coach of the Bucks to defensive backs coach, so he dropped down two levels. With the Washington Redskins, 2012 to 2014, so back to defensive backs coach again, Raheem Morris, got hired by the Atlanta Falcons assistant head coach during his entire tenure with the Atlanta Falcons before he became interim head coach in 2020, after Dan Quinn's team went down the you-know-what, and then Raheem Morris took over and they annihilated the Minnesota Vikings in U.S. Bank Stadium, and Raheem Morris's debut was uh, interim coach of the Falcons. But here's where things get really interesting. So defensive back coach... Defensive coordinator. Defensive back coach, defensive coordinator. That's what you're going to always think about with Raheem Morris. 2015, 2019. Are you ready? Some of you know this already, but some of you don't. Pass game coordinator. Did you hear what I said? As uh, Al Pacino would say. In Glen Gary, Glen Ross. <laughs> pass game coordinator. Really? Pass game coordinator. That means quarterbacks, receivers, and stuff. Huh. Well, that's interesting. And <clears throat> wide receivers coach. Wide receivers coach 2016 to 2019. Defensive coordinator 2020. Wide receivers coach for three years with the Atlanta Falcons. I mean, I always thought about defensive coordinator, defensive back. Defensive coordinator... Yeah, so balance, balance, it exists in the NFL without having to be a special teams coach where it's just, but then again, you, you, might, you might be just mostly special teams. Now, John Harbaugh turned out pretty good. Let's be fair, it turned out just fine. Uh, apparently, Mr. Uh, Raheem Morris won the Super Bowl with the Buccaneers way back in yeah, could he have possibly, he was a head coach that far back? My, or not a head coach, he was an assistant coach that far back. Wow. Wow. Um, 48 to 21 over the Oakland Raiders. That was crazy. The Oakland Raiders were actually slightly favored in that game, which is really weird. But then again, Bucks actually had more wins. Most people were picking the Bucks, but a few actually were picking, oops, the Raiders. But that uh, would be a very, very interesting hire by the uh, Minnesota Vikings if they did hire 
Raheem Morris. He was defensive quality control during that season, 2002. So he was with the club in a very, uh, <laughs> very small role. Well, it's something. Defensive quality control, defensive assistant, assistant defensive back coached by 0405, became defensive coordinator for Kansas State, and then again joined the Buccaneers as defensive back coach from 0708, back when Purple Mafia got started. Purple Mafia, that sounds familiar. And then, of course, again, of course, again took over the Tampa Bay Bucks back when <laughs> I finally had a good microphone by 2009. First year of this show doesn't sound so good. I had a cute little, like, plug-in microphone. Not the type that you plug into the USB, like where it's an actual real microphone, which is powered by the USB. You plug it into the phone jack. Yeah, not real good quality <laughs> for a whole year. So I could understand if people listen to this show and were like, ugh, it doesn't sound good. Uh, Dan Quinn, another possibility, of course. Apparently he's got that good collaborative kind and he'll look you in the eye personality. I agree with people looking you in the eye. I can't stand this looking down and on your phone all the time, walking through hallways. I just want to punch you in the face. When, when people do that, it's, it's so disrespectful, you know, and I, I'm not expecting much from anybody, especially in this generation, but at the same time, I mean, you know, I don't know, you, you, you can't even have your head up when you're walking in through a hall, that's ridiculous, it's horrible, occasionally, I understand if you don't feel like interacting, I mean, I feel, I feel that way some days, especially at work, you get tired of it, um, you get tired of being around a, a bunch of people, but at the same time, you know, at least attempt, especially if you're in a leadership role, at least attempt. I mean, I try to be when, you know, obviously you guys are lead trainers, so to speak. You know, you, you want to have some kind of personality, remember people's names and stuff like that. So obviously there is a responsibility to that as a leader of an entire football team as head coach. Raheem Morris, Dan Quinn do have that. So interesting possibilities. Uh, I kind of doubt Todd Bowles is going to be at the top of the Vikings list, because it sounds like he's more Zimmer-like, uh, a bit tougher. But um, some people believe he would be a home run. Other people would believe he'd be a strikeout. There's no double. There's no bunch single. There's no, you know, <laughs> stretch a single into a double, that kind of thing. No. Where Raheem Morris, well, we'll see. Maybe he's a double to a home run. Uh, Dan Quinn's probably closer to a single, which may turn into something. Who, who knows, in my opinion. Hey, Morris, though, could be a strikeout because he, he sucked. As, as the team sucked. The record sucked. The results weren't good. I won't say he sucked, but uh, the whole thing sucked with him as the head coach of the Bucks. Is it the team's fault? Is it the organization's fault? Is, uh, was Raheem Morris part of the issue? Has he learned uh, during the last decade plus here since he was head coach of the Buccaneers? We'll see. Um, sometimes some guys just can't coach. And sometimes, sometimes they can. Like Pete Carroll... Obviously, he was not, it just didn't work. He was too soft, too whatever, just not enough. He was like a beta kind of, he was kind of a beta coach when he coached the uh, New England Patriots after Bill, uh, Bill Parcells left. So, and then he went to college. Yeah, obviously, with that rah-rah style, it worked super well in college. He became more energetic, more exciting, more fun. He wasn't just kind of a blah sort of shy, friendly guy like he was with the uh, the New England Patriots who had no no success, no results. Did fantastic in college. Won national championships with USC. Comes to the Seattle Seahawks and they're thinking, well, he didn't do anything in the NFL. Well, he did pretty good with the Seahawks. He's stale now. It's, it's a stale thing now, but he was pretty effing good for a long time. Pardon the, pardon the language there. I didn't mean to be like that. But, yeah, I mean... That Los Angeles defense obviously has really damn good personnel. So does the Vikings defense. And, well, I mean, I, I don't know. And that's on Zimmer. A lot of the stubbornness and such. 
I'm a fan of Andre Patterson's. He's one of those guys. I hope he sticks around. And I hope the uh, special teams coordinator as well sticks around for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, Maloof lasted one year. He was really bad, obviously. <laughs> but the current special teams coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings, obviously, you want to... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you want to keep him around because they, they did really well. It's the best special teams the Vikings have had in many years. Um, special teams coach, special teams coordinator, Ryan Ficken. He's a guy to keep as far as I'm concerned. Um, I always thought Mike Prever was overrated. And, I mean, just, just think about what happened to the kickers, you know, Dan Carlson and such. Uh, obviously, going back to Blair Walsh, who was so good. Uh, he struggled in his final season in college, comes to the Vikings as a draft pick, unbelievable, like unbelievable kicker. And each year he was a little bit worse until he became a mental gidget and couldn't handle it at all. It was, you know, and obviously he had the huge miss in the uh, Seattle playoff game, which was just depressing beyond belief. Yeah, it was freezing cold. It was windy. But come on, dude, 27 yards. Come on. Come on, man. You're, you're a pro. You're not college. You're not high school. You're a pro. You can do it. You can do it. And he actually had kicked a pretty, uh, some, he actually had made multiple kicks in the game before that. The Vikings never scored a touchdown in that game. Final score was 10 to 9, remember. So he had some good moments. I even tweeted that uh, Blair Walsh has ice in his veins during that game. <laughs> and I just felt something tug at me as I, as I wrote that, right as I pressed send. Think about that. <laughs> just think about that. But, you know, he became more and more of a mental gidget, was cut. Dan Carlson came in. Scared for his life. And then conversation from Ryan Longwell behind the scenes. He even called in to the Minnesota Vikings. Would you like me to work with him for like a, a few hours? Would you like me to work with him? It's a really easy fix. It's just a little mechanical issue where he has his head down, basically. It was something along those lines. Um, him being, again, Daniel Carlson. And the Vikings did what they did, what Mike Zimmer would probably do. No, that's okay. Not particularly. No, that's okay. That's basically Mike Zimmer. I'm not particularly interested, no. We're fine. What do you think happened? You know, again, like a week later? <laughs> or within within a day, actually. That was after the Dan Carlson missed the three kicks against uh, Green Bay. Within a, within hours, he was cut instead of uh, the Vikings giving Ryan Longwell a chance. And he was 100% accurate with the mechanical issue. The mechanical issue was corrected with the Oaktown Raiders, now Las Vegas Raiders. And he's just about the best kicker in the league and at a Hall of Fame pace. Bleep you, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman. Damn you for letting him go. And it was a famous quote in the movie Halloween. Damn you for letting him go. Because, well, Dan Carlson's not an old guy, obviously. He's super young still. What was that, 2008? <laughs> I mean, I mean, seriously, Daniel, Dan, Daniel, Danny, Dan. Danny, Dan, he's 27 already, wow. But he is about as good a kicker as there is in the league. Now, to be fair, I, I like Greg Joseph. And with a better group of, you know, with, with a little better attitude around him, sure. <laughs> Mike Zimmer obviously had changed his tune about cutting Greg Joseph, who's the same age as Dan Carlson. Got nice big biceps, apparently. Yeah, yeah, he does. You noticed that all year. Some of you don't like him. I think he's fine. Um, I'm okay with Greg Joseph at the moment. He's got enough of a leg to make long kicks. And I think there's something there. I, I, I kind of like him, you know. And give him a chance. We'll see. Uh, and if there's a draft pick that looks absolutely fantastic in the sixth or seventh round, thank you very much. <laughs> Go for it. But uh, otherwise, I mean, what the hell? I, I think he's okay. 
Um, he's not Dan Carlson, but I think there's still something there. And, well, that's how that goes. Raheem Morris, definitely a, a good candidate. A lot of you still want Doug Peterson. I, I would like Doug Peterson as well. Uh, I would have loved Frank Reich. Reich. Frank Reich ended up being fantastic. Obviously, he was the offensive coordinator under Doug Peterson with the Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, and you see what a great job he did with Carson Wentz this last year. Obviously, there's something there with Carson Wentz now. He's certainly not perfect. Some people are comparing him to a Jeff George type, which ironically was a number one overall pick with the Indianapolis Colts versus the Eagles, but you get the idea with the Colts now. And, you know, obviously the skill set was there, but became kind of a guy that'll, you know, he kind of has his ups and downs and then emerges later in his career as a miracle backup that turns into a, a super-duper starter for a veteran team that needs a quarterback now, trying to win a Super Bowl, that type of thing, which the Vikings attempted to do in 99 and all that good stuff. So maybe. We'll see what happens with Carson Wentz. I think there's still something there. Strange, strange uh, case there with him, but um, we'll see. Doug Peterson would be a pretty nice hire, in my opinion. Nathaniel Hackett is my guy still to this point, but <laughs> for me, if I am general manager, general manager Joey Awajan or Ryan Poles or Kwesi Mensa, Adolfo Mensa, Nathaniel Hackett, Raheem Morris, let's go. I want to tell you, you're, you're my two finalists. Well, not necessarily, but you get the idea. They would be two guys that would be like, I absolutely want to sit down and talk to both of you. And we'll see what happens. Obviously, Doug Peterson has got to be interviewed um, <laughs> at the end of the day. Dan Quinn, sure, what the hell. Obviously, he got to the Super Bowl. He should have won it, but didn't. We'll talk about uh, a little bit of Tom Brady magic again. That This time, the magic uh, ran out, unfortunately, because of terrible defense uh, on both sides. Both games, by the way. Both teams let go games that they had won, basically. Idiots. One left a little too much time. The other left any time on the clock. It still managed to, they still managed to, to not finish the game, which is ridiculous. I'm not bitter about it at all. Not at all. Uh, but at the end of the day, though, I'm fairly confident that this team will hire a good general manager, a good coach. Obviously, I like the results from Ryan Poles. And uh, Quincy Mensa, Quincy Adolfo Manfa, I like the group and the personality and all that. I, I like the group they put together in Cleveland outside of the quarterback. It's obviously a very talented team, good group of players, and giving uh, certain guys second chances as well that uh, had issues off the field. With that said, we'll find out next week's show, I guess. We'll, we'll talk about it next week's show. We'll find out during the course of this week. I'm likely going to just wait for... Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday night or Monday morning to talk about the new general manager. Probably, uh, unless the hire is like today or tomorrow, maybe I'd squeeze in a quickie in the evening or, or, or in the morning. We'll see, depending on how schedules are. With that said, we'll take a break, get back for some post-season conversation and fan interaction. back here on Purple Mafia, the segment some of you have been waiting for. Of course, I'm sure a lot of you like to talk about the possible future with the Minnesota Vikings and such. Well, there's going to be something. Somebody somewhere. We'll see what happens. Oh, Lord. Well, Saturday, I like the results. Obviously, you start off with Cincinnati, Tennessee. 
both very low-scoring games, Cincinnati and Tennessee, and then uh, Green Bay and San Francisco. Both teams' offenses didn't really get going until much later. Ryan Tannehill struggled throughout the day against the Cincinnati defense. It was actually quite impressive. And then Cincinnati, it was just kind of a back-and-forth, back-and-forth kind of a game. Like small leads and such. Uh, Cincinnati managed to pull it out in the end, which was uh, extremely nice to watch. Again, there was a big exchanging field goals back and forth for quite a while, which got a bit tiring, but Cincinnati up 9-6. to six, You had a little bit of hope. They finally got in the end zone, then being Tennessee, or excuse me, Cincinnati. Tennessee was able to tie it up. One thing I just never understood, though, when Tennessee scored the touchdown and it was 6-6, six to six, I, I just it boggled my mind when Derrick Henry scored the touchdown, obviously. Why are you going for two? It it made no sense whatsoever. That's one thing I just didn't understand. They went for two. What are you doing? Especially with the Cincinnati defense, that's been really good, of course, during the uh, during the course of the game. It made no sense. It made no sense, as Michael Russo might say in his articles. Um, local writer, of course, for the Minnesota Wild. I didn't understand that. You want to go up by two or one? What difference does it make? What difference does it make? As a certain politician once said. It makes no sense. Whatever. Uh, Evan McPherson, obviously, ice in his brains. Multiple kicks throughout the game. Made everything he had to. 54-yarder. And, of course, 52-yarder down the stretch. Cincinnati ends up squeezing past the Tennessee Titans. Which, it's just unbelievable to imagine. It's just, I never thought. It's like It's like, my God, my whole life. You know, obviously Cincinnati during my lifetime has been to the Super Bowl twice. Both times they lost to the San Francisco 49ers, Joe Montana, 81 and 88. It's just ironic, but I never saw the Bengals advance in a playoff game despite their cool uniforms and interesting names. Not the greatest name ever, but it's it's cool enough. It's cool. It's a cool name. Cincinnati Tigers, baby. The Tigers, yeah, basically. It's a form of Tiger. Um fun. I mean, it's fun to see the Cincinnati Bengals not only finally win a playoff game, but now get to the conference final. Scared to death of who they're playing. I would have enjoyed it much more in a different case. Um, It's ironic, though, how many years ago, when the Cincinnati Bengals well, yeah, back in 88, when they went to the Super Bowl, 1988, they beat the Buffalo Bills to get to the Super Bowl. Obviously, that was a you know, that was the Buffalo Bills team as they were emerging and becoming a contender in the NFL before they'd go to four straight Super Bowls and lose all of them. Um, but that's, uh, Cincinnati beat Buffalo to get to that Super Bowl. They had Joe Montana and the 49ers beat with that great defense, and then Montana drove the team down the field for the victory at the last moment. A 10-6 San Francisco 49ers team clinched their third Super Bowl, and then they destroyed Denver the next year in 89. Absolutely just ran past them, literally. Oh, blew past them in a lot of ways. Montana and such. Crazy, crazy. Uh, And then San Francisco, fairly close game in both cases with the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl. Even in 81, it wasn't that big of a blowout, obviously, and Montana was very, very young. Cincinnati Bengals, Super Bowl, (laughs) Super Bowl contenders, anyway, and two of the San Francisco Super Bowls. So there's a possibility we may have... uh, a third incarnation of Cincinnati, San Francisco in the Super Bowl all these years later. There is a possibility. I think the chances of that are slim, unfortunately, as much as I would like. But Cincinnati survives despite getting sacked nine times. Joe Burrow just hung in there and completed the passes they need to down the, needed to down the stretch to get the Bengals in field goal range and Evan McPherson with a 52-yarder. 
Uh, they had a 50-yarder, and then there was a two-yard loss on a run, unfortunately. So 52-yarder for Edwin McPherson, and he, it just ice in his veins. Uh, wouldn't mind having Edwin McPherson as kicker for Minnesota, but <laughs> obviously it is what it is. Jamar Chase, some big, big plays down the stretch. Obviously, every player in the league has a cockiness and arrogance to them, but uh, Kansas City Chiefs, let's just say a certain wide receiver in that club, gets under my skin like nobody else. Every mother bleeping time he does anything, he's got to do that peace sign. It's like, F you, dude. He's the kind of guy I'd want to punch in the face. I I hate him. You know, I hate him. (laughs) Jamar Chase, uh, there's a little something there about that as well, but it's not as bad. Um, It's not personal as business, though. Uh, Ryan Tannehill, again, three interceptions, certainly didn't help down the stretch, obviously. And then um, for Joe Burrow to hang in there, survive nine sacks. Again, remember, he had an ACL last year, don't forget as a rookie, a rookie, by the way, um, but to survive nine sacks, all that onslaught from Tennessee, three sacks individually for Jeffrey Simmons. My God, Tennessee's powerful, deadly defense, not enough to stop the Cincinnati Bengals from going to their first AFC title game since 1988, where they beat the Bills. Unfortunately, they will not be playing the Bills in the AFC title game, which drove me nuts. I'll get back to that shortly. I'm going to do it in chronological chronological order because there's more emotion in Sunday's game than these, even though you think it's Green Bay. How can you not, like, be emotional about that? Green Bay lost. Yes, they did. But neither team played well in this game, except for the San Francisco defense. Okay, the Green Bay defense was good, too. The Packers defense was good. Garoppolo was awful. Aaron Rodgers was checked down Charlie, ineffective, mediocre at best throughout the game. He didn't turn the ball over, but couldn't get a whole lot going. Now, Aaron Jones was absolutely fantastic in the game obviously, and Devontae Adams, who's been a 49er killer in the past, did get 90 yards in the game, but it was just, it just felt too few and too far between for the Green Bay Packers offense to get anything going. They wound up taking a decent, you know, they wound up taking a 10-0 lead in the game. Oh, no, 10-3 lead, pardon me. San Francisco did get their little field goal, their chip shot field goal in there because Garoppolo just couldn't get the club in the end zone. And at halftime, when it looked like the 49ers were going to tie the thing up, uh, well, it wasn't a chip shot field goal. Yeah, it was. Well, yeah, 29 yards is pretty chip shotish. That's when San Francisco finally got in the game. It looked like the uh, 49ers were going to tie it up 7-7 to at the half, and Garoppolo throws an interception in the end zone, which is just or right at the goal line, whatever the heck. And it just left you like, oh, come on. Because it's, it's not even like, Joey, like, like how much I hate the Packers and this and that. I like the 49ers. I love their history, love the uniforms, you know. And Kyle Shanahan does a hell of a job. And Jimmy Garoppolo, <laughs> despite playing like crap, still wound up winning the game. I mean, they, something about Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo, they just might wind up in the Super Bowl because they're playing a very familiar team that they've known forever, played in the same division forever, and 49ers history versus Rams history in the postseason. I mean, what more can you say? What more can you say, especially head-to-head? It's been interesting between the two. Obviously, you want to look up the history for them. It would, it would go on all day because it's there. they've been in the same division forever over there in the West. So, it kind of is what it is. But they've met up in the NFC title game before. 49ers did win in 1989. And the Vikings used to dominate the Rams in the NFC championship game because of the cold and this and that because they'd have to come to Bloomington outside and freeze. So, definitely not a weather situation in Los Angeles. And San Francisco is the road team. But, in a lot of ways. The big story, of course, is Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers just couldn't get anything going. San Francisco's defense deserves a ton of credit, obviously. Uh, Garoppolo was so bad, and yet they were able to survive the best team in the league, arguably. 
uh, on the road, of course, in the frigid cold, where Garoppolo had never played a game, had never even played in a game under 40, apparently, which is kind of weird. Um, never had to go to Green Bay in uh, that kind of a cold, anyway. Uh, 49ers look absolutely great, to say the least. No, 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 they don't look great, but their defense looks absolutely great, and they stifled Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay, and the question now becomes, is Aaron Rodgers going to return? A lot of people say no. Maybe he'll wind up with the Pittsburgh Steelers, winking with Mike Tomlin during the course of a game during the, uh, early this season, like, uh-huh, I'll see you soon. Kind of like Scotty Pippen showing off his Air Jordans in nineteen in uh, March 95, doing the little, you know, uh-huh, he's coming. It was kind of a, he's coming. Look, it was one of those, like winking at the camera. <laughs> For those of you old enough to remember that, Michael Jordan's comeback when he won three more NBA championships of the Bulls. Glory days of the NBA, other than the 80s uh, Celtics, Lakers. Other than that, you know, it was the glory days of basketball. It, it truly was. Even if you get sick of seeing the same team win, which I think a lot of us do. Um, but certain guys, there's a certain level of excellence. I, I just love them to death. Um, Kansas City's not one of those teams. They're just not for me. San Francisco 49ers in the 80s? Yes. Lakers Celtics in the 80s? For the most part, yes. Especially the, the Celtics. But the Lakers, too, for the most part, they were a little, little bit full of themselves. But obviously, they were so talented and so much fun to watch. There was that side as well. And Great Western Forum has a special place in our hearts forever for most basketball fans. Um, New England Patriots, Tom Brady, and even with uh, Tampa... Obviously, there's this and that. There's always some cockiness involved. Not as much Brady as some of the other people, but Brady too, I suppose. Obviously, but for him, for me too, he's 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 guy. For me, he's that Michael Jordan level of class that I you know as much as you might get sick of seeing him win. There's a, I enjoy it more than seeing like a Kansas City Chiefs team win, where it looks like they're rubbing it in your face every single time they do anything, especially certain players, just certain individual players that just bother bug the crap out of me. Uh, Seattle Seahawks had that same vibe. Dallas Cowboys had that same vibe. So, I mean, and, and Green Bay's had that vibe over the years where it feels like they're just rubbing it in your face. So, you don't feel too bad seeing them lose. But just the whole feeling of a completely wasted season with all, all that greatness all season, except for the season opener, as great as Green Bay was all season, to see it all just go up and smoke like that in a game where they just couldn't get moving. Kind of like the Vikings' second half versus the Falcons. That's what that kind of reminded me of. In a lot of ways, couldn't get anything going, couldn't get moving, couldn't, and then you get in field goal range and you miss. Stupid, stupid, just bullcrap. Um, and you know, and that's not what Green Bay did necessarily, but uh, <laughs> Gary Anderson, no question about it. Even though, well, actually, Crosby, yes, Crosby did miss a field goal in the game, and that didn't help either, obviously. But yeah, it wasn't like in the final minutes necessarily. Uh, San Francisco, obviously, great defense, made the big stops they needed to, and finished it off. And, of course, got down the field when they needed to. Garoppolo finally did something right, and, of course, that running back committee did a hell of a job. Uh, San Francisco survives the Green Bay Packers and goes to the NFC Championship game, where we'll now talk about their opponent, the Los Angeles Rams of California and stuff. 12-5 and on the season. Buccaneers were 13-4. and Do you realize how good that is? Do you realize how good the Bucks were this year? But a lot of people kept saying they just didn't have this. They just didn't have this championship vibe. A lot, like a lot of people have been saying all season about the Chiefs. I see things differently, unfortunately, and believe me, I don't want that. I, I'm not feeling good about it. I don't want Kansas City to win anything. Um, I, 
that game just got to me like you wouldn't believe. But this one did as well. Uh, the Rams were stomping all over Tampa Bay, forcing the turnovers, and Matthew Stafford was sharp again, to his credit. Matthew Stafford has been sharp beyond belief. Last week, it didn't seem like he needed to do a whole lot because Arizona was awful with the mistakes and this and that. Arizona Cardinals, Kyler Murray looked like he'd, looked like he'd lost about six years of his life in that game. Okay, no, what I'm saying is actually, it looked like he had um, gone back in age about six years. Like, oh, what do I do again? Oh, 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 sorry about that. Like, like he's 14, 15 years old playing in the NFL. That's what it looked like. Like, what is going on here? It was just a bad day. A very bad day for Kyler Murray. The Rams' defense is, is that's what will win the Super Bowl for them. And Matthew Stafford just being continuing to play sharp with all that confidence because of that defense. And the best receiving player in the NFL, tight end receiver, whatever he is, hybrid tight end receiver, Cooper Cup, to throw the ball to. And a pretty solid running back committee as well even though they didn't perform that well against a fantastic Tampa Bay defense. Um, they could win the Super Bowl, of course. L.A. Rams are the number two team to win the Super Bowl this year. There's no question now. No question about it with no Green Bay and no Buffalo. A Buffalo Rams Super Bowl would have been really cool. It's a damn shame. It's a damn shame that that's not going to happen. Tom Brady struggled in the game. He was off over and over and over again. His completion percentage looks good because he got better during the course of the game. But it seemed like he was off by like a foot, a six inches here, a little bit over there. He was, he was just missing a little bit. More so than the receivers were dropping the ball. Uh, when the when the uh, Patriots lost their second Super Bowl to the Giants, I mean, people weren't catching the ball in that game. In this game, Brady was missing and missing and missing. It was really weird. I don't know. Maybe he will retire. I doubt it, but uh, maybe. Um, but... The ultimate reason why the Rams won was the defense, obviously. The offense kept coughing the ball up. Uh, luckily for Matthew Stafford, he didn't uh, he didn't throw an interception. Um, he did have a fumble, but not lost in the game. He did recover his own fumble on that weird snap situation. But, uh, but uh, yeah, like one of those weird snaps. There were a couple of bad snaps. Timber Bay had golden opportunities to win this game because of the Rams just kind of falling apart on themselves. That's why they wouldn't wouldn't beat the you know the Chiefs, the Bills, or the Packers or anything. I don't think they would have beaten any of those teams. Should they play them, they still might end up playing the Chiefs, which yeah, I'm still very good chance of that unless San Francisco is ready for a rematch with them. But oh God, I got a I got a crappy feeling right now about all that. But hoping for the <laughs> hoping the Rams would be able to be able to beat the Chiefs if it ends up being that. But at the end of the day. It's just, again, the whole situation of, hell yes, Tampa Bay tied it up, but they left too much time on the clock, way too much time. The Rams had everything going for them, and they just kind of marched down the field, and you leave Cooper Cup open two plays in a row up the middle, which was idiotic beyond belief, and the Rams were able to walk off on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers because the defense just it just stopped playing. As good as they were and creating the turnovers, you figure they're going to create one more, and Ryan Suckup will be up there ready to kick the game-winning field goal and send the Bucks to a very likely Super Bowl run, where Brady would go against his uh, team that he grew up against uh, or grew up with, the 49ers, just like Aaron Rodgers, uh, getting beat by his, his his team growing up. It'd be like me getting beat by the Vikings four times or something. Can you imagine that? That'd be crazy in the playoffs. It'd be really tough to really tough to swallow, actually. Um, like, imagine I'm on, you know, the maybe I'm like the, the Cardinals quarterback or something, and I'm a superstar. Imagine that. 
but I keep getting beat by the Vikings in the playoffs. It'd be funny. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, yeah, again, leave too much time on the clock. Defense is completely that prevent bullcrap defense, which does you no good. Especially, why play prevent defense when the other team just needs a field goal to win the game? If they need a touchdown, I kind of get it. Dan, you tighten things up as you get closer to the red zone. You don't want to give up the big play where they go all the way to the end zone. But prevent defense, when a team simply needs to get in field goal range, is some of the dumbest crap I've ever seen. And both the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Buffalo Bills are guilty as charged, sentenced them to life in, well, purgatory, I guess. That's where they're at right now. At least one year in purgatory, not life. <laughs> one year in purgatory, uh, or six months, I guess, and their sentence ends in August. Yep, and we'll see what happens. Six months. I'm, I'm an idiot. Apologize. Uh, but yeah, Rams advance to the NFC title game to play their uh, division rivals, San Francisco 49ers. It's going to be a fascinating matchup, I suppose. A little West Coast football. Uh, I don't know. I, got, I just got a crappy feeling about something, but I'll get back to that shortly. <sighs> Buffalo, Kansas City kept kind of matching their move after, again, Buffalo, good start. But it was kind of that type of game where each team kind of matched their every move, back and forth. But it felt like the Chiefs had a little upper hand most of the way. Home field advantage does that for you. Every time Kansas City scored, Buffalo scored, and Kansas City would get you know take two steps, then Buffalo would catch up. Like Buffalo would take one step, Kansas City two steps, then Buffalo would take a step. Kansas City two steps again. Buffalo kind of gradually pulled themselves back in it. Josh Allen was unbelievable again throughout the game. I mean, absolutely unbelievable. Four touchdowns, 329 yards, and completing some big plays down the stretch, particularly late. But this Buffalo Bills defense with Leslie Frazier as defensive coordinator, by the way, who I thought was okay last year. I thought he was better last year. Buffalo was kind of up and down during the course of the season. But you could tell there was a little something extra going into the postseason and kind of late in December and such with this Buffalo team. As they had that unbelievable record last year, but then went into Kansas City and got stomped you know, in front of everybody. It was depressing. AFC title game. They were there. Kansas City just rolled all over him, and it was annoying. And that little prick, Tyreen Hill, Tyreen, Tyreek Hill, I might as well call him Tyreen Hill, whatever his name is, has to do the little peace sign every time anything good happens. I hate him. I hate people that have to do that stuff. It's too much. Um, I, I get tired of that kind of act. Uh, but just kind of romped all over him. Stefan Diggs watched the celebration saying, you know, I mean, I want to take it all in because... I want that to be us next year or two years from now or whatever it is. Quite frankly, I think it should have been them this year. I think Buffalo should be in the Super Bowl this year. I picked them to win it, believe it or not, at the beginning of the season. And I did pick Kansas City to beat the Buffalo Bills. But as I was trying to get to, when you give up over 500 bleeping yards of offense, it's like it feels like you're not even trying. Like, where was the defense? You're, you're scoring points, but it's like everything... Patrick Mahomes wanted to do, he was able to do. And the tackling was some of the worst I've ever seen. I mean, it looked, it felt like another 2020 for the Vikings and multiple games this year, 2021 for the Vikings. Just no tackling. Couldn't bring Patrick Mahomes down, ever. It just didn't happen. And it, it drove me nuts beyond belief. Just absolutely no tackling. Um, they did sack him twice. It's like, it was so nondescript, he barely even noticed it. I, I barely even felt it. Um, Gabriel Davis, fantastic game, 200, 
one yards and four touchdowns. My God, fantasy numbers would be unbelievable. He scored all four touchdowns from uh, Josh Allen. But the poor tackling by the Chiefs really was their undoing, or Chiefs by the by the Buffalo Bills was their undoing. The Chiefs' defense is clearly beatable, and this Buffalo offense is absolutely phenomenal, and it made the Chiefs' defense look even worse. But I mean, I just had a I just had a pit in my throat when I, you know it's like Buffalo was driving. It was less than twenty seconds, and then they score a touchdown. Thirteen number thirteen scores with thirteen seconds remaining. It's just like. Oh boy, <laughs> that number, that number combined with uh, the fact they had three touchdowns, uh, three timeouts, pardon me, Kansas City, and Patrick Mahomes, what he was doing the whole game, just it drove me nuts. And you saw players about 30 yards down the field by Buffalo. I, I just had that pit in my throat. You know, Kelsey wide open in the middle, up, up the middle, first down, first down, first down. The whole point is, <laughs> the whole point is you make the stop. You don't just prevent them from scoring a touchdown. You make the stop because they need three points. Not seven, not six. They need three points. Stupid, 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 stupid. Leslie Frazier, you're fired. <laughs> that was some of the... It, it was it was terrible. Leslie Frazier should probably be fired after this game. He shouldn't be a head coaching candidate. He should be fired. That was terrible. And the head coach of the Buffalo Bills should have to answer for that as well, allowing that nonsense to happen. Buffalo should be in the FC Championship game with the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, of course, now Patrick Mahomes and co. may have still gotten the job done because that's just kind of what kind of game it was, which was, you know, scaring me to death. You can tell I really wanted Buffalo to win this game. I, I hated the way Kansas City just kind of just kind of danced on their graves last year. It was obnoxious. It was BS. Uh, like I say, Tyreek Hill is the kind of guy, I, you know, you just want to punch him in the face. He, he's too much. He's so cocky. <laughs> um, Patrick Mahomes doesn't bother me that much. Just He's just, you know, he's damn good. He's dangerous. Eventually, he is going to bother me if this keeps up, if, if they keep winning, because I'm not a fan of the team. Uh, that that chop chant gets old really quick. It, it does. Like, we get the point. Uh, we, we get it. It's great. Uh, <laughs> we get it. Um, but, well, I mean... At the end of the day, like I said, I got a real crappy feeling. Everybody that was saying how the Chiefs don't look like the same team this year, they're not going to do anything. I, who's going to beat them now? Is Cincinnati going to beat them? Are the Rams going to beat them? Are the 49ers going to beat them? That 49ers team was way better two years ago, wasn't it? You know? So I just got a real crappy feeling that the Chiefs are going to win again. <sighs> I don't feel good about it. You can tell. They're not a likable team. I don't like Honey Badger at all. Sure, he's a he's just the greatest greatest guy ever. But yeah, but yeah. Well, it's a little easier when you have a, a real good income and a platform and everything, which a lot of us don't have. So it's it's a lot easier. <laughs> Kansas City, Cincinnati, AFC Championship game. The the freaking Chiefs win. I I pray that I'm wrong. I pray that I'm wrong. I picked Tennessee to beat Cincinnati, but I think the Chiefs win comfortably by like fourteen. Final score, like 14-ish, what am I thinking? Like 35 to 21, something like that. But I'm praying I'm wrong. But I think it's going to be 35-21 Chiefs over Cincinnati. I think it's going to kind of be more of the same. Kind of like Cleveland and Kansas City last year. When uh, Cleveland, you know, they kept, they were in it, they were in it, and then they just, they just didn't get the job done. Unless offensive linemen get hurt again, 
I think the Chiefs probably, yeah, they're heavy favorites right now for me, unfortunately. And, I'm again, I'm not happy about it. But I just don't see who's going to stop that offense right now other than injuries. Other than, other than injuries, that's what's going to stop them, I think, at this point. Last year, it, it definitely helped against that deadly Tampa Bay defensive line. Cincinnati doesn't go back to the Super Bowl, even though I would like to see that happen. I think it'd be cool. Uh, Rams and San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo has to play significantly better. Um, I think a lot of things are on the Rams' side right now. Um, they look Their defense looks absolutely fantastic. Uh, Matthew Stafford would have to... I mean, that's, that's what would cost them the game. Jimmy Garoppolo would definitely not be the hero. And if he is, okay. Good for, good for you, Jimmy. Way to go. But the San Francisco defense is what would beat the LA Rams, forcing Matthew Stafford into terrible mistakes, pick sixes, which he had none of against Tampa Bay. If he had one pick six, obviously Tampa Bay is heavily favored to go to for a rematch versus the Chiefs. But obviously they are going to be golfing or resting or whatever the heck you do in the offseason. That was a strange sound. <laughs> I don't know how, where it came from. Sorry. Apartment life's weird. Um, but I, that San Francisco defense will be the difference maker. Otherwise, the LA Rams defense is a huge difference maker, and their offense is obviously significantly better than San Francisco's, even though they're both very intelligent offensive coaches, McVay and Shanahan, San Francisco, Los Angeles. Um, Shanahan of San Francisco, duh. Um, Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay. But I got to think the Rams are probably going to go to the Silver Bowl, unfortunately. It'll be the matchup a lot of people were hoping for circa 2018, like it's so long ago. But remember that game when it was like 50 like fifty to 50? <laughs> it was like 100 points. I kind of think that's what the Super Bowl will be coming up. It's going to be offense like you wouldn't believe. This, this defense could win a championship for the Los Angeles Rams. I'm beginning to think they might win it, actually. I'm, I'm actually changing my feeling in my head right now. The Rams actually might be the team of destiny this year, believe it or not. The Chiefs feel like they are. Ugh, and I hate it. I hate to say it. There's a very strong possibility the Chiefs defeat the LA Rams in the Super Bowl. Um, I do think the Rams get past San Francisco. I don't want it, but then again, maybe I do. Because if I don't want the Chiefs to win, I, I would be shocked if the 49ers beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. If it was a rematch, I'd be very surprised. It's not impossible, but unlikely. I mean, I would be dancing on the clouds if San Francisco defeated the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl. <laughs> It'd be so cool to see the Chiefs, uh, the 49ers win another Super Bowl after all these years. Um, it would be so cool, and I'd feel so good about, obviously, again, the way the Chiefs kind of danced all over the 49ers' grave after they won. It was really annoying. Um, 49ers were in that game the whole way, and they just didn't finish the job, period. Um well, the Chiefs weren't that arrogant about it. They became more arrogant the next year, per se. Uh, the, the arrogance started showing last year, I thought. Uh, once you win one, then you get real full of yourself. <laughs> Cowboys, Seahawks, teams like that. Chiefs, you know, and there's many others out there that are the same. Uh, Steelers, just ugh, couldn't stand them. Um, I, I think there's definitely one team remaining that could beat the Kansas City Chiefs with that unbelievable defense. And if Stafford continues to be sharp, which I think he could carve up that Kansas City defense as long as he shows up to play and doesn't start screwing things up. The L.A. Rams will be in the Super Bowl with the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm going to step out in faith and believe the L.A. Rams actually beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. I I'm just feeling it now for some reason, and I'm probably going to be dead wrong, but I do believe the L.A. Rams 
in my mind right now, will defeat the Kansas City Chiefs in an epic shootout. Well, it won't be that big of an epic shootout. If the Chiefs lose the Super Bowl to the Rams, it'd probably be a little bit lower scoring. But, um, oh man, that's going to be a good game. It'll probably be a final score of, yep. Yeah, so those of you that want offense and like to see the, the uh, you know, the young coaches and all that, because Stafford's not that young of a player anymore, but there's a lot of talent on the Rams roster. Rams win the Super Bowl. Final score, 41 to 38. <laughs> 41 to 38. Uh, the kicker finishes it off. <laughs> I don't want to say the last name. <laughs> okay, his name is Yay. He will he will make the kick and win the Super Bowl for the Rams over the Chiefs. Okay, let's get to fan interaction and wrap this thing up. Um, I think. Okay, sorry, that was actually HipCast. I'm slow to respond to them now. They were sorry to be slow to respond to me, but. So, let's get to Twitter. I thought I had it. I kind of got a little crazy and animated. Luckily, there wasn't too much of a response. <laughs> People didn't get too offended or kick me off. Or, or uh, you know, not kick me off, but unfollow. Malcolm out of California. Vince out of, Vince Germano out of Cleveland. Yep. And Danae Brown out of New Zealand. I'll retweet the most recent show. Thank you guys very much. Malcolm McSween. I was saying that if the Buffalo Bills could actually make a tackle, they would be beating these guys. It's driving me absolutely nuts. I can't stand the Chiefs cockiest team in the NFL. Malcolm McSween says, I think the Packers take that crown. Around here, yeah, I can understand that kind of belief, especially as a Viking fan, even if you're not in Minnesota, where Malcolm's in California. So, I can understand that. Like, Rogers obviously, is a pretty, pretty cocky dude. Thomas Sullivan. Yep. Hope I didn't offend or hurt anybody's feelings here. Thomas Sullivan was saying, please make this field goal. That was, again, the Chiefs kicker uh, during that 13-second 13 13 second drive. It was actually a 9-second drive because there were 4 seconds on the clock. Unbelievable. 9-second drive. That's how bad the prevent defense is when you're trying to prevent a kick. Uh, idiotic. Fire you. Fire Leslie Frazier this morning. Leslie Frazier, you are no longer defensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> Bring in... Okay, I won't say his name. Bring in, a, bring in someone else. <laughs> bring in Greg Williams. <laughs> Wasn't he defensive coordinator for uh, the Chiefs for a minute? Anyhow, he's defensive coordinator everywhere but here, I think. Um, Thomas Sullivan is saying, please make this field goal. I need more of this game. And that's what pissed me off. I was already in a... I was just irate because of what was happening. And everybody was rooting for the field goal because, oh, I don't want this weekend to end. Screw you. Why do you want... Why? Why Why do you want the Chiefs to beat the Bills? You're, you're crazy. Uh, Thomas Sullivan, I just simply said boo. Thomas Sullivan responded with go Bills, but more than that, I'm ready for this amazing weekend. Of, I'm not ready for this amazing weekend of football to end. Dude, four games is a lot. Come on. <laughs> four games straight like that? Um, I was saying I don't want the Chiefs to still have a chance to win. Sorry, don't agree. Thomas Sullivan says I understand. Well, because do you understand what happened there? You're saying go Bills. Yet, you know what's going to happen when, when uh, Kansas City gets that kick. You know what's going to happen. I mean, you know, right? And, of course, that's exactly what happened. <sighs> Today, Brown, again, yeah, they made the kick to get to OT, and, of course, Kansas City was able to march right down the field because just geez, like, Bills refused to make a stop. They just refused. Yeah, I didn't even talk about the OT because it's just after that, it was all just a blur. Like, you just knew what was going to happen, especially when Casey when, uh, got the ball back right away. <sighs> just sick. Tanae Brown says, I'm all in 
on the Bills here. Even got a Diggs jersey on the way. Ha ha. Cool. Cool. Yep. I'm, I, beautiful jerseys. Very classic. And you know what? To be fair, the Chiefs jerseys are awesome. I love their jerseys, their uniforms. The, the color scheme is my favorite. You know, red, yellow, all that kind of stuff. But I just, I don't know. I'm not cheering for them right now. Plus a certain show host that used to be the Chiefs show on, on uh, you know, who's used to host the Chiefs show on the sportsstuff.com. Things didn't end well with us. Let's just leave it at that. That's not the only reason. I just don't like the team. Uh, Ali Siddiqui says, Bengals for me if I had to pick a team. Good for you. I like the Bengals. Ali Siddiqui locally here, Twin Cities. Writes for NFL Spot. Really cool. Um, Kev Lake Labor, uh, Lake Rab, uh, Rabor, sorry, says, I'm sick of Brady teams. It's only been two years for the Chiefs because I was saying I'm tired of the Chiefs. He was saying, why don't you care? It ain't the Vikings. I was mad because I hate the, yeah, I don't know. I don't hate, but I strongly dislike the Chiefs. Uh, Vince Germano says, you're so bitter because I was saying, why would anybody want a Los Angeles team to win anything? Bleep Hollywood. And Vince says, you're so bitter. And I apologize. Vince Germano is a Lakers fan. I like the Lakers more than the Rams, especially at that moment because of, uh, and I really don't like the LA Dodgers anymore. I'll just leave it at that. I'm not a fan at all. Don't like that team. Um, basically, I don't like Hollywood, Vince, if you happen to be listening. I, I don't like Hollywood, but maybe that's not a good enough thing. Because you know there are going to be all those studs there, all those stars there at the Rams game next week. It's like, ah, just go away. I'm not a fan of any of those clowns anymore. It's Holly Clown. They're, 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 all, they're, they're idiots, in my opinion. Facebook, yes, I'm bitter, and I apologize. Partially, I was just really mad because of the loss. You know, you get competitive. My competitive juices start running, even though, why do I care? It's not the Vikings. I Believe me, yeah, it would have been much worse if it was the Vikings. But it still kind of got something going. Playoff games are fun to watch, but I do get a little bit too much into it. Facebook pages, we talk more about the uh, uh, local situation here. Browns and Bills executive reportedly are finalists for the Vikings general manager job from Score North, of course. Uh, Score North is the article. Let's see what you guys had to say. Most relevant? No, they're all relevant, dude. Gerald String says, look like polls as a little Gerald String out of Nebraska, by the way. Purple Mafia Hall of Famers. There's Hall of Famers everywhere nowadays. Looks like polls has a little more substance to the resume. Both look pretty qualified, though. Will be an interesting decision. It will be. And they're both under 40 by uh, quite a few years. Polls 36. Mensa. 32. Yep, and I think Poles, yeah, a little more there. Much as I don't like the Chiefs, well, hey, maybe Poles will come and help us, and it'll be a loss for the Chiefs, because they, they sure wanted to keep him. Dave Hickey, out of Iowa, says, I like Poles. They have drafted really good in Casey for quite a while. Yes, they have. And they did a good job retooling the team after the uh, terrible situation in the offensive line last year, which cost them the game in the Super Bowl. Mike Feller, Stu Evans, South Dakota says, either works for me. And yeah, I mean, I know it, it's it's hard to say what actually happened <laughs> in, time, in the time that they were there, how many decisions they actually made and how big of a part they were. So that that's why, partially, I'm not like, you know, I'm definitely not this genius who knows everything here. See all, know all about the, uh, the two candidates. So, uh, Mark Carlson is definitely a bit of a comment. Oh, yeah, a lot of people got going there after the game and during the game and such. This is during the course of the whole week in the Divisional. I was saying if the Bills could actually make a tackle, they'd be beating the Chiefs and all that. Mark Carlson says, go Bills. Out of Iowa. Mark out of Iowa. Jeff Froehlich out of Iowa. I know you don't like the Chiefs, but it's also hard to cheer for the Bills. Well, because of uh, because of uh, Stefan Diggs, maybe. We want the Vikes to win a ring before they do, and there's that too, yes. 
we want the Vikes to win a ring yeah, before they do. I just read that. Only a handful of teams that have never won one would hate for them to leave that group before us. There is that side of it, no question, because we've seen so many teams go all the way. I mean, Arizona was like, you know, uh, a defensive stop away from being a team that got there first. Buccaneers got there, you know, ahead of us in 2002. The Saints, which I just, it's sick even thinking about that. Um, Patriots, obviously, 2001, they got there ahead of us after, you know, this is after 98. For me, 98 was like the the turning point for that. Um, It could go on forever. The Eagles, yeah. The freaking Eagles who knocked us out in ugly fashion. That was so frustrating. And they have the same bleep Hollywood conversation. Mark Carlson says, I hate Hollywood, but I love football. And that Matthew Stafford is for real. He double-clutched and went for the win in his last two plays. The Buccaneers just played too soft. And like Green Bay the night before, did not play with much excitement or enthusiasm whatsoever. Yeah, it took forever to get them going. It took forever to get them going. Mark Carlson was saying, I would make the Tampa, B, the Tampa D walk the plank. And it might not, yeah, the Buffalo Bills should walk the plank too. Yep. <laughs> but he's saying it because of pirate fashion with the Bucks. Of course, I'm sure you guys understood that. And it might not really be on them if the offense for the Buccaneers would have done something meaningful in the first half. Amen. Maybe as I rethink who should walk the plank in Tampa, it should be the offense. I guess the Rams are better than I thought. I like the 49ers. I think that game will be very interesting. Me too. I think it'll be closer, and we'll see. I just hope if San Francisco does somehow get past the Rams that they will put up a fight with the Chiefs and, you know, pull off a miracle. I'd love it. Matt LaBelle was like, not an interception. That was against Favre, or Favre, against Rodgers. <coughs> Pardon me. Sudden coughing fit. I didn't even get to the dump button in time. Leland Elbertson said, and Leland's out of Iowa because Iowa rocks. Matt LaBelle is from Minnesota locally. Leland says, nice set of games Saturday. Always love seeing the Packers lose. The snow at the end made it even better. That was pretty cool. Yeah, because it started snowing here, and then it snowed again last night. Mark Carlson says, drum roll, 10-10 to 10 in Green Bay, and the kicker is on the field for the 49ers, and he made it. Yep. <laughs> and bye-bye Packers. Drum roll, the Rams kicked the Buccaneers out of the playoffs. Yep. Mark Carlson says, man, whoever is coaching special teams for the Niners, I want someone like that on the Viking staff. Yeah, I mean, our, our our guy was pretty good this year, though, to be fair. Mike Ficken, he was Ficken good, man. <laughs> okay, sorry. Dave Hickey says, I guess I'll be rooting for Cincinnati now that the Bills got knocked out. Somebody different than has ever won a Super Bowl. Yeah, I can't stand the Chiefs. So let's go Cincy. Let's go Cincinnati. Of course, that's another one, again, like uh, was brought up earlier by Jeff Froyland. Leland Albertson says, first Sunday game was, was great also. This one has been overall a great season for the NFL. It sure has, Leland. Dave Hickey says, the Rams and the 49ers should be a great game. Uh-huh. The division matchup's going to be good. Dave said, wow, what a bunch of great games. It's nice to see the Packers won and done, and I can't believe KC somehow won that game. Ugh, don't remind me, right? Don't, don't remind me. Ugh. Gerald Spring said, what an animal. Never watched the game yet, but seen some highlights. What a weekend for some great games. Jeff Fralin says, I don't have a dog in the fight anymore. You know who is out and possibly done in our division. I couldn't be happier. It's so nice to watch the playoffs without any anxiety. Yep, seeing the Packers win again. Yeah, it could have happened. Could have, but it's not going to. I don't think the Packers win a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers anymore. No, it, it's over. I, I've, I have to, I'm sorry I picked them for that reason. It's failure. They failed in the playoffs too many times for us to pick them. Jeff Rayland, oh, excuse me, I already read that one. Mark Collins says, I didn't know the 49ers were this good. Wow, job well done. 
They could beat the Rams and the Chiefs. They could. It's just that defense is going to be the reason. They're going to be like the Denver Broncos, the 2015 version of the Broncos, to, to get it done. Mark says, hey, Gerald String, how about Von Miller today? Yeah, former Denver Bronco, 2015. That would be the Rams winning there. Leland says, man, this last game is crazy. Yes, it was. Jeff Freiland says, this is one of the best football games I've ever seen. It sure, it sure was. I just hated the finish, but great game. Mark Owens says, Rams-Bucks game, and these are the last few comments here. Uh, Rams-Bucks game, and these players are the best, but then there is Sue, who is flagged for taunting, costing his team, and showing off his best skill. What a jerk. Yeah, it's stupid. It's so stupid. Mark Carlson says, and it looks like the pirate ship in Tampa is walking on water, or taking on water. Tampa Bay. It's almost in the fourth quarter. You have only uh, gotten three points. What the hell? Yeah. Accounted for three points. Mark Carlson and Brady throws a pick. The ship is starting to list. Yep. Yep. That's true. So that is the end of the conversation there. Well, I guess there's one more. But it's not. Uh, yeah, the Charlie Walters, Kirk Cousins likely will be traded in the coming weeks. There's actually a bit of comments here, so I apologize. It's gonna keep going for a little bit. <laughs> they're not. They're not as big though. I'll keep moving. Leland says, "Let's see the quality of pick someone offers. Otherwise, draft a quarterback and let him mentor." I hate the tag rebuilding, but Purple Mafia is what we need to do to become competitive. I agree. Dave Hickey says. I hope they don't get fleeced when trading him away and have a great plan in place of him. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, there is, you are ripping off the band-aid, and it is what it is. Tanae said, just doesn't have the X factor a Super Bowl quarterback requires. All the best to him if he's traded, hopefully with his salary off the team, we can build something special. Time will tell a lot to do this offseason. Yeah, they need a lot of retooling, no question. And, of course, they, uh, the financial side of it will be a big help. Mike Feathers to Evans says, good. I hate to say it, but what are the odds we bring in number 12 from Green Bay? Not like it hasn't happened before. Yep. <laughs> Dave Hickey responds with, as much as I do like, dislike both of them, I still had respect for Favre, not Rogers. Understood. Understood. Favre was, uh, was more likable, no question. Gerald String says, I'm still in the minority. Leave Cousins as is. I think he has two years left. Rebuild through the draft. None of the teams mentioned as trade partners have quarterbacks significantly better, significantly better than what we currently have for a couple more seasons. Am I missing something here? Offense was in top 10 this year. Defense is lower 20s. No matter what happens, O-line is where they need to start to look to improve. Just my opinion. Myron Song says, hire the New England coach and watch. <laughs> that would be really cool, but I don't know. Kevin Pravzek slums up. Uh, Mark Carlson, final one here, says, I don't know if paying out his contract on a trade will make the team better. And if cousin go, Cousins goes, I hate to think that, again, we will get yet another old quarterback that has passed his prime and will cost us several draft picks. Then again, what was the last time we drafted a hot quarterback? Was it 99 with Culpepper? Well, kind of, yeah, <laughs> kind of. I didn't like Culpepper as much as some people uh, in the end. For a little while, I did. Uh, well, the more I think about this and... The more I type, the deeper down the rabbit hole I go. So I will sum this up here and say we should never invest anything in a single player. Amen. <laughs> I don't think the win now, I don't like the the win now mentality. I mean, it's there's so many. The Warren Moons, Herschel Walkers, Kirk Cousins, you know, too many times. Heck, even Adrian Peterson, you could say we gave him way too much. Dalvin Cook, we gave him way too much. Uh, I don't like trades that put the team upside down in the draft. And risk is part of the game. I just want more from the team than what we got this year. And and that ain't all on Cousins. It, it's not. No. 
Cousins can't play defense. So there, there's definitely a part of it. We'll get more and more into off-season conversation about guys getting let go and such, you know, to save money and save cap space, this and that. So I better get soon to wrap this up before my wife cuts my head off here. So at the end of the day, the stars for the show, <coughs> you were the star of stars, right? Mark Carlson, gold star, back-to-back, if I'm thinking correctly. Mark Carlson, gold star, back-to-back. Um, silver star for this week. Man, Leland. Leland's going to bring in the silver. Leland and Dave Hickey will bring in the silver today. We'll get a silver-plated bronze along with Mike Feller, Stu Evans. Thank you guys so much. Uh, and Jeff Froyland, pardon me. Um, yep, Tanae Brown and Jeff Froyland. Yep, we'll get the bronze. Uh, with that said, thank you guys so much for the interaction, the conversation. Always deeply appreciated. Please tell your friends about the show. Give me a uh, call in using a free voice recording application and just send it in to me at paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. Tell your friends, write a positive rating on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Audible. That's a great place for that. Otherwise, wishing all of you a great week and go Cincinnati, go San Francisco, go anybody but the Chiefs. <laughs>